Jake's Review Corner of the Podcast, where Imager fans voice their opinions on movie, TV, and anything pop culture, from blockbuster hits to trashy cult classics. I'm your host, Jacob Daniel, and in the studio today, I welcome a returner and a new guy. This man looks like he was made to play lacrosse, and luckily, he does. It's Jack Hollis. Jack, tell us how's your day going? Uh, not too bad. It's raining, so it's kind of gross out, but other than that, it's pretty good. <sighs> My hero, Jack Hollis. And in the studio... A freaking big dumb dummy. His facial hair looks like shit, and his IQ is as high as a pig. Let's give it up for Stuart. Pee pee poo poo, Jacob. Aw, Stu. Nah, Stu's great. Guys, I've brought you here for a very important mission today. We're talking about not only the most highly anticipated movie of the year, Probably the most highly anticipated superhero movie since Avengers Endgame. My highly most anticipated movie since the theories started coming around. This movie is, of course, Spider-Man No Way Home. A movie that has left me shocked, the world shocked, people in different orbital spaces shocked. This movie is something different. Let's get into that cast real quick. Spider-Man No Way Home stars Tom Holland as Peter Parker. Zendaya as MJ Watson. Benedict Cumberbatch as Doctor Strange. Jacob Batalon as Ned Leeds. John Favre as Happy Hogan. Jamie Foxx as Max Dillon. Electro. Alfred Mullaney as Octavius, Otto Octavius. Doc Ock. William Dafoe as the Green Goblin. And Marissa Tomei as may parker guys straight out of the gate i know you both have seen this movie i know jack you said you had saw it twice Stu came and saw it with me on opening night what were your initial thoughts going into this movie uh, yeah. i was uh so originally i was hoping that they wouldn't rely too much on the uh, nostalgia i was kind of worried that they would do that and it wouldn't actually produce a good formula and i thought the movie might flop a little bit in a way that wasn't a, a good cin- cinema experience, but I was actually proven very wrong. They balanced the uh, nostalgia very well and dealing with everybody old and new. Yeah, I mean, I, I can honestly agree with that too. Um, they definitely did a good job taking the old villains from these previous movies, you know, the Doc Ock, Green Goblin, Lizard, all them, and kind of bringing a new, like, the MCU to these characters, which they previously didn't have, so... Definitely, definitely was a good movie. Exactly. I mean, for me, this movie was endgame level good. Like, I'm so glad I saw it on opening night in theaters, which calls back to, like, me being a kid, begging my dad to take me to the premiere of Spider-Man, The Amazing Spider-Man, when they used to still do, like, midnight releases. And, oh my gosh, like, I can't even, like, begin 
Because first off, I'm just going to say it. I did the research. This has so far become Sony's top grossing domestic title of all time. It has, for ticket sales, it has uh, revenated $405.5 million, like ticket sales as of Christmas Eve. And not only that, but I mean, of course, with all the speculation, with all the returning villains, with everything going on in this movie... It was a bona fide hit even before it hit theaters. Now, I'm going to say it right now for anyone listening. This is going to be a very heavy spoiler review. We are going to be getting into the nitty and gritty. We are going to be getting into those characters who cannot be named until we are ready. So So deep. So deep, in fact. So deep that this is your last warning. Because once the floodgates start, we are not stopping. Oh, yeah. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. Are you Are you ready? Okay, okay, let's do it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it over to Stu real quick. I've known Stu for a while. We actually it's funny enough, me and Stu have been in the same places enough when it comes to just parties and friend groups, but we didn't actually meet until like a sit down dinner where he mutually became one of my best friends. Stu, how do you feel about that statement? It's actually true. I think we, when was, uh, it was the last year that we, uh, first made contact, but not really. Well, so we both went to a Halloween party and there is a picture of us on your Instagram page where you are at one section of the table and I'm just at the other. And we were both mutually at that same party, hanging out with the same people that night, but our, like our paths just never crossed. I probably said like two words to you. And then you also just happened to know my good mutual friends from my college days. And so that's how we got to know each other. So trying to find someone to go see Spider-Man with was difficult because my main friends didn't want to go see it because they're in different states and we couldn't like meet, like decide on where to go. My college friends also want to decide on a thing. Shout out Lucas Freeman. Like, you know, do better in life. Like, make plans to hang out with me, you jerk. So, I had to go to Old Reliable. I had to hit up Stu. Mr. Third Choice had to come in. Well, okay, you know what, Stu? Because I hit you up and you were like, well, I don't know if I want to see it on opening day. And I had to give Stu a paragraph about why this would change his life. Because I knew, personally going into this, that this was going to be like an Avengers Endgame level crowd. But that's what I did. I was worried about because sometimes I just want to sit back and enjoy the movie, and Marvel audiences make that very difficult for me. Oh, but come on! So that's why you got to see the movie on actual opening day, technically the Friday, yeah. because then it was a lot more mellow. Because that's when I was able to see it, and I was—I looked like a opening big day? old nerd. Yeah, opening day on the Friday. I looked like a big old nerd because I was freaking out over some characters and. Did you Nobody wear Did it. you wear a Spider-Man shirt? No. Oh, it's okay. I don't even own a Spider-Man me, shirt. Me, so I asked you to come with me, and we went and saw it at a theater that was over, kind of like in between us, so it worked. But I, I also picked this theater because it has a big IMAX screen. So I was like, okay, there's going to be plenty of seats. So I text Stu and I tell him, I'm like, hey, I know the movie starts at 630. I'm getting there right at 5 to line up. Stu's like, okay, what we don't know is Stu's going to have a couple, like, little car troubles in between, but I'm like, I'm determined. I'm like, I know what the crowds are going to be, so I get there early enough, and luckily, uh, my co-host for the podcast on many episodes, Sean, was there with his buddies, so I was able to stand in line with him, but, like, the floodgate of just Spider-Man fans coming in, like, you start with these basic people, and they're just wearing, like, the same Target Spider-Man t-shirt you see all the time, 
And then you're seeing the Tobey Maguire, like, black suits come in. They're doing the dances. You see... You see some very questionable, like, costumes. You're like, sir, did you really think it was an okay, like, idea to wear that Spider-Man costume to this premiere? Full-on cosplayers. I saw a, like, 45-year-old woman dressed up as Spider-Gwen walking into this movie, and I couldn't help but, like... So, the theater that I actually... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, maybe she shouldn't have gotten that large popcorn. Oh, am I going to get canceled for this now? Uh Yeah. So the theater that I I saw it at, um, all of like the employees and stuff that were, uh, I guess like helping us out, because it, it was like one of those uh, theaters where they bring you food and stuff. Because I was the only one that was available. Yeah. And oh, all movie the, tavern? No, it wasn't movie tavern. It was place. Okay. You know where the Halcyon is in Alpharetta? Yeah, I know where that is. Yeah, so there was that theater there because that was the only one that was available to get tickets, but. All the uh, the um, employees were wearing like costumes. Like there was a Spider Gwen, a Miles Morales, a Doctor Strange, a J. Jonah Jameson. So it was pretty funny to see that. But nobody else was dressed up. Like none of the, none of the actual like moviegoers saw any. I mean, I'll never forget. Like I'm standing in line. I'm texting Stu. I'm like, Hey, where are you? And he goes, Okay, don't be mad. But I'm gonna get there like probably right as the movie starts. And Interstate I... literally got clogged up for absolutely no reason. Just I literally was like. My my foot was on the pedal to the floor, and I reached the interstate, and then just traffic everywhere, and I'm freaking out. I, I'm not gonna get there. I literally texted Stu, and I was like, "I need you to break some laws because I am going to try our hardest to get good seats." Yeah. But yeah, so anyway, like this, these lines are getting out of control because everyone wants to see it. Like, of course, you wanna, you don't wanna go. There were two show times that day on the big screen. You could see it at three o'clock, or you could see it at six. I didn't want to go see the three o'clock show, like. I would have first off had to rush from work. And plus, like, that's no fun. But the 6 o'clock show, man, that's, like, peak time. That's a peak audience right there. So we're getting close to, like, going in and whatnot. There's two lines, like, because this theater is so big that there's two entrances. And literally, like, this other line has started to form around 30 minutes before we're going in. And we're maybe, like, 10th in line. Like, there's, like, 10 more people in front of us. And I'm looking at my buddy Sean, and I was like, well, do you think that other line is going to go in at the same time that we are? And he's like, wait. And so we asked, like, one of the attendants. We're like, hey, you know, we've been here since, you know, five. Are those people going in at the same time? He's like, yeah, you know, like, it's just it just makes sense. And so Sean looks at me, and he goes, okay, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to run. I'm going to get seats. He's like, if something happens, something happens. So the guy's getting ready to, like, let us in. And he's like, all right, like, I need everyone to know. Like, don't run. Don't do anything stupid. Like, this is a movie theater. Like, everyone just walks. So he begins to let people in. And out of nowhere, this man just runs down the middle and bolts in, which causes everyone just to start running. And this woman in front of us puts out her hands and, like, is telling her kids to run and go get seats. Sean has decided there is only one way to get us seats, which is to bolt past this woman. He trucks her. She goes into a wall, and he just starts full force running. So I run after him because I want seats. I mean, we have about 12 people watching this in a row. So he runs to the end of a row. He gets seats. He tells me to sit at the end so I can save one for Stu. And, like, at the end, I'm talking to him, and I was like, Sean, you know you trucked a woman, right? He's like, honestly, man, all I saw was red. I didn't care. But, like, honestly, like, this woman, 
probably it probably wouldn't have been that big of a problem but she like full like she was guarding it it was like a football play poor sean just had to do what he had to do i just i don't i don't know what that woman thought she was doing because like she can't she can't just block everybody off that's not her yeah. job that's not she wants some good seats for her kids how about yeah. she shouldn't be so fat and she should run and get them for well i'm just them. you know i'm just being honest and then so we're sitting there and I'm on the, like, we're on the end seats. And I look at one of Sean's buddies and I was like, hey, I have to go get my buddy Stu. Like, can you please save these seats? So he moves over and I go out to get Stu. And, like, people are still trying to buy tickets. Like, this is a sold out show. So I luckily get Stu and we start going back in. And you're just like, I don't know if you saw it, but there were people just bitching, man. People were complaining about there were no seats, like there was nowhere to sit, and like we're getting closer, and there were even people trying to get our seats. Like, yeah, they, I remember we sat down and, and there was like a bunch of people who were still walking around the theater just trying to find any open seats at all. Well, because I guess they just, I mean, and I don't want to sit in that front front row and like have to look up the whole time. Like that would be a terrible movie experience. I know apparently people tried to go out. Tried to go out to the register and get a ticket for like the seven o'clock show, but they're like, "Dude, we can't, we can't." Like, there's re- no one left. Yeah, there's like, no one left. Know like, what you were expecting showing up so late for opening night. Yeah, like you have to charge, or you're not getting yeah. jack shit. No, but like Sue, I knew. Like, first off, I knew like this was gonna be a good audience when people were reacting to the trailers. Like, there was a standing ovation when the trailer for Sonic the Hedgehog two came on the screen. Like, literally, people stood up and clapped. Not related to Spider-Man at all. Just Sonic the Hedgehog 2. People were, like, cheering. Also, yeah, I'm not going to stay on it long, but what like, what were those trailers for those upcoming movies? I, they I were thought, masterpieces. Dude, <laughs> I felt like I was watching Tropic Thunder when they're showing the fake, like, trailers that couldn't be real. Some of them looked really bad, but some of them looked... Channing Tatum is just a man who doesn't have any friends. Oh, I'm a man without any friends. But then he gets a... Dog. It's Dog. The movie. I forgot about. Oh, wasn't one literally just like Ambulance. The movie. Dog. The movie. It was literally what some of the movie titles It was That Ambulance movie with... um, Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal. It looks stupid. I mean, it literally... You see the formula (laughs) of it. Dude can't pay for his wife's surgery, so he robs a bank, and then they get into a pickle, and then... He makes a deal probably then in the movie. I mean, they showed way too much for the movie. <laughs> My name's Jake Gyllenhaal, and while I'm not ruining Taylor Swift's wife, I ha- did I say why <laughs> life? I'm doing the one thing one actor has never done: starting a stupid ass movie. But it's just not me. It's me and my crew who's trying to rob a bank and me, 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 me. It's ambulance the movie. I, I don't I even want. Even We're running out of movie titles. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what? Oh my gosh! That wasn't I, even the worst trailer though. The one, the worst one was with that the dude from The Conjuring. I can't remember his name. It's Patrick something. I know who you're talking to. And it's it the, moon the Moon movie, movie. right? Yeah, the Moon movie. Oh no! The moon's evil. Which movie is this? Do you remember? It's the one that starts with like that nerdy uh, Josh Gad looking guy, and he's like, "Something's going on with the moon." Oh, oh, moon! Yeah, moon and it's movie. like affecting the. It's like flooding the earth and stuff and like there's that. like a. Al- yeah. Okay, first off. Not even original, because I also saw the third Transformers movie. Patrick Wilson. Patrick Wilson. No, that movie looked terrible. I saw a tweet. I was so excited to go home and, like, look up. Moonfall. Moonfall is the name of the movie. That looks stupid. 
I'm a genuine guy who wants to, and I love cinema, and I, I don't want to judge a movie until I see it. But who came, like, who agreed to that? Like, what scriptwriter read that script and was like, you know what? This is a major motion picture. Like, maybe if it was, like, a st- like you know, if it was, like, commentary on something, like that new Netflix movie, Don't Look Up, but, like, no. This is just a movie about an evil moon that's going to destroy the planet. I heard that movie's really good, Don't Look Up. Uh, it's okay. I, I saw it, but we're not here to talk about some Netflix movie with a heavily stacked cast with Leonardo DiCaprio. We're here to talk about Spider-Man, which I want to point out the plot for this movie was so hidden that it wasn't for like, if it wasn't for the leaks, I don't think we would have fully pulled together what this movie was going to be forever. Cause let's talk about it. The movie releases in December. The first teaser we get for this movie doesn't come out until August. And then our first trailer doesn't drop until October. But that first trailer, I don't, uh, that first teaser, did you guys watch the official one or did you watch the leaked teaser that like came out on YouTube the day before? That I watched was, the official one. I, I watched, watched both. I watched that leaked teaser that got dropped where someone was like recording it off their phone. I don't know, man. You like, I'm just going to say it. I think Sony either has the worst marketing team of all time or this was genuinely their plan. I think they were the one giving out the leaks. Being... Sony's not smart enough for that, in my opinion. You think? Maybe Kevin Feige started doing it. Maybe he got worried. Because... Okay, well, yeah, that I could see Kevin... I could see, like, Disney, like, start dropping leaks just to stir it up. Poor Andrew Garfield, man. Every two minutes, this man has done this great movie. It's called Tick, Tick, Boom. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. And during every interview, they're like, yeah, Tick, Tick, Boom. Amazing movie. So are you in Spider-Man? <laughs> and then Tobey Maguire. Tobey Maguire is not even denying it. They're like, hey, are you in Spider-Man? He goes, I don't know, am I? And it just winks at him. It was pretty much... So Tobey Maguire, like, I guess earlier this year, basically just confirmed to some random guy in the street that he's in the movie. Wasn't it just like some, like, guy? Just some random some dude. Guy, some, yeah. like, lo- like, D-list actor or something like that. It wasn't, wasn't even it? that. I think it was just some random dude on the street sees Tobey Maguire, says hi to him, and is like, hey, are you in that new Spider-Man movie coming out? And he just, like, just winks at him. Well, and he was... was basically confirming. He was also, like, apparently, like... I, I, I think I had read that the guy was also being, like, just super polite, which... People try to pin Tobey Maguire as an asshole, which isn't true at all. It's just the fact of how, like, paparazzi tries to pin him as a bad, like, person when he's getting interviewed. When in reality, like, paparazzi are just asshole people invading, like, personal space, like, doing whatever they need to do to get an interview. Like, that that Tobey Maguire, like, paparazzi video where he's, like, angrily screaming. Like, they don't show where a guy bumped into his pregnant wife. Yeah, see, and then uh, there's things like that. And, and what they didn't know is he was wearing the symbiote still. Do, 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 do. Wow. You see that video of him in the airport? Oh, yeah. All the Spider-Mans in the airport, <laughs> and everyone's like, uh, Tom waves. Andrew kind of gives, like, a half-hearted <laughs> wave. Yeah. And then it goes to Toby, and he just gives them, like, the death stare. So, <laughs> Toby McGuire, isn't he, like, late 40s, 50s, right? Yeah, he's, like, er, I think he's early 40s, or late... No, he, oh, wait, no, he's Andrew late... Garfield's almost 40. Yeah, he's late 40s, then. Yeah. I think he's around, like, 45, 46. So, I guess, I guess with, like, the paparazzi and him acting like that, he was a child actor, and he's been in the, this... The, like this, the light mm-hmm. forever. 
And so he's probably just sick and tired of it. I bet, because this is his only acting role since the freaking critically acclaimed, commercially successful Boss Baby. Which I'm sure people... What? Yeah, dude. He, he was, was in that? Yeah, he was the older brother who narrated like the first half of it. I, not not Alec Baldwin. I didn't know that. I thought the last thing he'd been in that was big was The Great Gatsby. Yeah. Oh my or, god. Uh, I hate that movie. I, I don't mind it. But you know what I do like? It took me forever to realize like him and Leonardo DiCaprio are so yeah. close that like that's Oh my god, like they've known each other since they were kids. So I'm sure that was a great movie for him to do. I also like how like apparently they told the villains not to say much about anything. Alfred and Jamie were the first ones that like they announced like, "Oh yeah, Jamie Foxx is going to come back and play Electro and Alfred is going to come back and play Doc Ock." And Jamie just posts I don't know if you guys saw that. He posted that picture yeah. of the three Spideys yeah. facing Electro. And he's like, get ready, Spidey. Round two. And this time, I won't be blue. And, like, takes it down, like, ten minutes after. Because I'm sure someone at Sony was like, sir, you get are not. That, I bet shit that, that shows from Marvel, dude. I bet Kevin Feige was like, shut that shit down right now. I bet. And then, well, Alfred, they were like, so, like, are you playing a new version? And, like, he basically just tells them what... What we later find out is just the truth, which is like, nope, I'm literally the same Doc Ock, and I get like he's like I cheat death somehow, which I didn't like at first, but now it like under the context of it all, it all makes sense. Well, his ma- I can understand his appearance into the universe. I can't understand some of the others. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll get we'll get to that in a second. But yeah, no. So that first teaser comes out. That teaser is apparently like the number one trailer on YouTube. It has. It has 81 million views, and obviously it ends with Goblin and Doc Ock, which I feel like Doc, like Dr. Octopus was like lined up to be the main antagonist, at least from all the posters and stuff, because all the posters have like very tiny little Goblin in the background. Yeah, I can see what you mean by that, because he is, uh, Doc Ock is, I think it's because Spider-Man 2 when it came out was like and, t- and still holds up to this day i think is one of the best superhero movies oh for me it's my favorite spider-man yeah is no, spider-man 2 spider-man 2 is just it's too good even was it 2004 yeah and it still is what like one of the best superhero movies we've got even in like the age of superhero movies definitely so i can understand how i guess because he's an iconic character and that kind of role that they would showcase him a bunch spider-man 2 still your favorite this one didn't knock it out for you Okay, so here's the thing about No Way Home and Spider-Man 2 is Spider-Man 2 is just such it's it's a very Peter Parker story. Like for example, like you're really getting the emotional depth of like weighing in between do I get to have this normal life and do I have to always be Spider-Man? Which this movie kind of also does that a little bit with the fact that Peter Parker's identity is like given to the world. So it's like so I, I I believe that this movie is loosely based on One More Day. Yes, it is. Um, so I think that that's why I was such a big fan of this movie more. Like this is my favorite Marvel movie just in general. Oh, MCU um, top like yeah. top for sure. And it's it's because it shows a broken Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. It yeah. does, and I I like that. I like that the the tone of the movie is, and I think that. What, what are we in, Phase 3 or Phase 4 of the MCU? We're in Phase 4 now. So I think that Phase 4 is going to be a dark Watch us be in Phase 5 or something. Yeah, I know. I, I think, I think it's Phase 4. It's going to be dark. It's going to be a dark phase, and I'm here for it. Oh, I'm 100% here for it. And, you know, like, obviously, growing up, uh, Spider-Man was my favorite villain. Um, 
I said Spider-Man. Spider-Man is my favorite villain. Spidey, <laughs> Man-Spider is my favorite so villain. No, but growing up, I loved Spider-Man. Obviously, um, I grew up with dyslexia and reading was such a pain. But my mom would always buy me Spider-Man comics and that encouraged me to read just so I could like enjoy these comics to the full extent. Even though I was just pretty much looking at pictures and like grasping the context of them. Yeah, you know, it's for MCU, this is probably like my favorite of the Spider Man movies. I'm still like trying to like rank it, but it probably, if I'm being honest and not being cocky at all, it's probably my number one movie, regardless of everything. But in terms of just Spider Man overall, like probably still Spider Man 2. Let's talk, you know, No Way Home. I mean, they, they, they did what Sony had been trying to do for years, which is a Sinister Six type movie. Fearsome Five. Do we call it Fearsome Five because they didn't have a Sinister Six? Let's do Fearsome Five. Yeah, Fearsome Five. Well, well, and like the merchandise. Okay, so obviously for the longest time, like they kept the villains hidden. Like we didn't know who was going to be in this. Like even going into the movie, like, like, you know, I was thinking, okay, maybe someone will pop up. Disneyland is releasing merch with the Vulture that says Spider-Man No Way Home. So I was like, okay, well, maybe the Vulture will pop up. But I didn't, you know, once we started that movie, I had a feeling. Like, the most I saw is maybe Mysterio coming in. But I feel like that's also too early to bring that character back. Yeah. You had that look on your face. Well, no, and it was... So it's funny because, like, obviously all these returners came back. In terms of villains, we have Green Goblin, we have Dr. Octopus, we have Sandman, we have Electro, and then we have the Lizard. And it was funny because there's only one more villain who realistically could have showed up, and that was Topher Grace's Venom. And they asked, like, what was funny is they asked Topher Grace, they're like, so are you going to be in the movie? And, like, in a Reddit post, he literally, like, starts detailing how he's going to be in the movie. And then it just turns into a giant joke. Like, he goes, like, yeah, no, I'm in the movie. Like, all the characters who have died are coming back. And I show up and I start fighting Tom Holland, Spider-Man. But then Tom Hardy shows up and our Venoms start kissing. I wish this was a <laughs> No, I wish this was a joke. Like, this is a legit snippet of what he posts on. He's like, our Venoms start kissing and then we come super Venom and we team up. But then Spidey beats us, so it's a bad day. <laughs> <laughs> I really love how he has a sense of humor about I, like, Venom. You know what, man? And I'm going to say it. Topher Grace's Eddie Brock makes sense for Spider-Man 3. And you know, that's a controversial statement, but think about it. It's not a bad movie. It's not a, it, in my opinion, it's not a bad movie, but think about it. Like, let's be honest. Is Topher, is, not Topher Grace, is freaking Tobey Maguire built, like, jacked out of his mind? No. Eddie Brock, is, they're probably the same build. Like, they're everything. Like, they're the same height. Now, traditionally in the comics, Eddie is a lot bigger and buffer. But I think for the context of the story, it made sense to, like, cast someone who was around the same build and, you know, kind of yeah. had, like, some of the moral values of Peter, but obviously not. Want forgiveness? Get religion. Literally. I mean, I could have... I mean, I was watching that movie, and I was literally like, is he gonna show up? Like, is he? I could have been down. So, I was... I was just kind of disappointed not having Tom Hardy's Venom in it. For as long as it was. Yeah, so, because, like, how it was set up at the end of the second Venom movie, you you thought that he was going to be in it, and he just wasn't. I don't know. I always felt like that was a tease. I don't know. I feel like the movie's plot changed a lot from when it first, like, when they first decided to do a third movie. And then I feel like Kevin Feige legit got on Twitter and was like, man, these are some pretty good ideas. 
Maybe I'll just maybe I'll just pull a uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier and steal them. I th- I think Spider Verse was such a success that they knew they had to do it. Like they had to yeah. do this like crossover while it was still fresh in everyone's mind. And I mean, if you told me like the third MCU Spider Man movie was going to be a Spider Verse, I wouldn't have believed you. Especially by the way that Far From Home ended with Peter's identity getting outed. Like there were so many theories. Now, the one thing that I love that everyone was like, this has to happen, was that Matt Murdock was going to be Peter's lawyer. Oh, that and, was a good and that was such a little cameo, but so good. And, you know, not even related. But the, the next week, we get the same actor who played Kingpin in Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. Dude, he's just, a, he's just a really good lawyer. He's just a really good lawyer. I love it when he caught, yeah. the, he caught the brick. How'd you do that? I'm, I'm just a, a really good lawyer. I'm just a really good lawyer. So... Also, I'm blind. <laughs> Sidebar. So I was hearing like speculations because he's gonna be in the She-Hulk show. Is uh, he? Yeah, yeah he's gonna be in the She-Hulk show. Well, that would make sense because she's also a defendant. Mm-hmm. Like she's a lawyer too. So, but I was hearing his his Daredevil is going to have the yellow suit. Oh God, I hope not. He's gonna be the yellow suit and not the red suit. Which I I mean. I'm not. I don't know how I feel about it. I know Marvel's costume designs are really good, and I know that they can probably put something together. But I just hope he gets a red suit. If I was Marvel, what I would do is because they already have this Daredevil lore. Now I know they don't want to use that exact Netflix Daredevil lore, obviously because that show was rated TVMA, and the most Marvel ever pushes is TV14. I would just use snippets of it. Like, keep the black suit. It makes sense. I would update the Netflix suit to be a little bit more red, but, you know, not cartoonishly red like the Ben Affleck <laughs> Daredevil. Well, I think his uh, Netflix suit works. I think it works. I think it's realistic. Yeah, that's what, yeah exactly. I want, I want all the Netflix actors. I want even the guy who played Iron Fist to come back. God, uh, if there was any of the well, shows I hated the most, it was Iron Fist. I don't know if you... If you know anything about comics or anything but they are changing iron fist in the comics it's not gonna be danny rand anymore oh who is it gonna be we don't know yet a woman it's gonna be i think it's gonna be an asian character oh well i can get down with that i would like you know what i would do i would bring that actor in as danny rand and then i'd let him die give him give him the emotional baggage of letting him play one more time and then he can just die and he can pass it on to someone cool so people are calling for i mean obviously um, Matt, Matt Matt Murdock what's his name Charlie Cox Charlie oh yeah. Cox. yeah and then uh, the girl who played Jessica Jones um, to come back so the, like those two but I was such a big fan of the Luke Cage show oh dude if he if he back. doesn't come back that would be like Charlie Cox was my, my number one guy and even Jessica Jones like that Jessica Jones is such an effed up show man like from like especially when you watch all th- like three seasons you're like wow it leaves a bad taste in your mouth by just how, like, crazy... Not bad taste in a bad way, but just in a, like, man, I'm depressed. But I want that Luke Cage actor back. But he's he's doing that new CBS show, Evil, so I just hope scheduling they can get him. I actually didn't like Luke Cage. <gasps> how dare you? I re- I only... The only, uh, like, Marvel shows I liked were, uh... 
Daredevil, Jessica Jones, and a, a little bit of the Punisher. Like, I don't really like second season Punisher. Man, very white person of you, Stu. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I will say this. I can't envision anyone else playing Luke Cage. He, he's like the perfect fit. Yeah, and I, I like that. I even like their little crossover they did, the, the Defenders. Defenders. Yeah, I, that was... That was oh, no, and I like the Defenders, yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to leave that one out. Defenders was good. And I like how season three of Daredevil picked up right after the Defenders ended. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That he died. Yeah. So, um, Matt died. Yeah, no, but, um, man, also, I'm just going to say, doing a podcast so hard, it can be so hard sometimes just with, like, trying to figure out how to transition. Yeah, we, because I literally sometimes will be like, yeah, no, okay, so, or, like, I'll, I use the word like a lot. And, um, we're supposed to be talking about Spider Man. Yeah, we, we just, just keep going off with, like, the side. This characters. is important. Charlie Cox was Daredevil in the movie. Yeah, okay, okay. Now, for any for anyone who needs a little back history, Tom Holland has been Spider-Man in the MCU since 2016's Captain America. But in his last movie, Far From Home, Spider-Man's identity gets revealed by the evil Jake Gyllenhaal. And not only that, he ruined Taylor Swift's life. Go listen to the 10-minute version of her song. Ugh. Ugh. That terrible person. So with that being said... Don't love how Peter just, like, flat out admits that he's Spider-Man. Like, he just gives up immediately. He's like, oh, no. How'd they know? Like, that was not very Spider-Man of you, Tom Holland. But it it also doesn't help that, like, he was also flying around, like, swinging around with um, MJ. Yeah. So, I mean, he was already, like, right there. So he just gave it up. But... I always thought him going to Doctor Strange was going to be a little bit more meaningful than him just not getting into college. Like, especially with the trailers, I legitimately thought, here's what I thought was going to happen, is I thought that the gang that Peter broke up in Spider-Man Homecoming was going to come after him, and, like, they were going to target a hit on him. And that's why he was going to go to, like, Doctor Strange. That's not what I thought at all. Now, if you remember, because here's why I thought it, was because in Spider-Man Homecoming... Uh, Scorpion, that guy who's been set up to play Scorpion, was, like, talking about how if they can find out Spider-Man's, like, real identity, they're going to go after him immediately. But Vulture doesn't give him up. Yeah. So that's what... Now, I didn't fully think it was going to happen. I thought something might happen that might ruin it. But, of course, that didn't happen. What happened is Peter's life is kind of ruined, and he's ruining his friends' lives, and... Flash Thompson gets comic accurate blonde hair. Something had to change. Something had to something had to change. Like, didn't no one want to come really to Peter's defense? Like, I know Tony's dead, and I know the Avengers are questionable, but no one. That's true. I feel like that Sam was really Sam Wilson, Captain America, didn't want to just pop in and be like, "Hey, this kid's cool." Like, thumbs up. Because like, like he's in the movie, he's like, "I'm an Avenger," and it's like, but you have no like. Uh, benefits that everybody else has from being an Avenger. Yeah, like I know, I know, like things have been pretty rocky so far in Phase Four. I know people have a bad taste because of Wanda, and then the terrorist attack when Sam Wilson was like, "Hey, don't call them terrorists because they're not." I don't know, Sam. Come on. Well, I think I think that that could be an interesting setup for Phase Four is that people aren't don't really trust the Avengers right now, even though they saved the like the world with Thanos and stuff. The events afterwards, all like the, you know, Tony's dead, Cap's old, you know, Bruce Banner's off, Natasha's dead, Clint's retired, like all of those guys. And then now we have these new heroes coming in, like these new supposed Avengers. 
And people don't really trust him because obviously Wanda, Sam Wilson's Captain America. It'd be interesting. No, Hawkeye's living the best life because he's married, but he's also like just hanging out with that sweet piece of ass, Haley Steinfeld. <laughs> Good lord. <laughs> talk talk about like natural beauty. Okay, we're going back to Spider Man. Okay, no, Z- Zendaya, Zendaya, Zendaya. <laughs> they they can have either of them can have their way with me. <laughs> Stu's like, any woman can have a way with me. Here's my phone number. No, not any woman. <laughs> Zendaya or Haley Steinfeld can have their way with me. Oh, congratulations. You're every other guy in your 20s. Okay. Okay, but me too. I've been watching her since True Grit. Get on my level. Who, Haley Steinfeld? Yes. Okay, well, whatever. Half these guys don't deserve Zendaya like I do. If you weren't crushing on her when she... If, she... if you weren't crushing on Zendaya when she was Rocky Blue on Shake It Up, you don't deserve her now post-Euphoria and Spider-Man fame. I bet you've never even seen Casey Undercover. I haven't, but I know about I it. I heard Euphoria wasn't even that good. You take that back. I heard it wasn't great. That's a lie. Is it? It's HBO's number one high-rated... Uh, yeah, because Zendaya's in it. It doesn't matter if it's good or not. Okay, that's true. But it is good. Sidebarring off Haley Steinfeld and Zendaya. So Peter's life is ruined. Obviously, he goes to the one guy, his best friendo, Doctor Strange. And he's like, hey, can we... Okay, I'm just going to say it. Why didn't he just do a spell to have people forget who Mysterio was? That would have... That actually would have worked a lot better. But no, I don't want that. I want conflict. I want a good movie. So, of course, he's like, can you just have people forget, like... I I, I kind of have a... I mean, if if they made them forget who Mysterio is, would that just people forget Mysterio's secret identity? And then everything he did would just be the exact same? They forget Mysterio, would they still remember his identity? Because it's already... Yeah, uh, well, I, I, I don't think they would remember it because in the context of, like, people forgetting who Spider-Man was... Because he didn't yeah. want the world to know that Peter Parker was Spider-Man. But here's the problem with that is, obviously, Mysterio is still alive. Like, he is obviously still out there somewhere. And if people just forget, I'm sure he'll just go after Peter again. Dude, he's totally alive. How did? How do you think that video clip got leaked at the end? He leaked it at the, uh, he uploaded it, I guess. Yeah, he when he was, Yeah, he died. I think he's still alive. Have you guys never seen that, like, airport scene at the end of uh, Spider-Man Far From Home where Jake Gyllenhaal is in the background watching Peter as he talks to Aunt May? No. Oh, go watch Far From Home, man. He's in the background. I did not know that. Yeah, dude, he's, he's not officially announced alive, but I bet he's alive. Well, we'll see. I also want to say I really do not like how uh, how that story panned out when he was like, make a spell to forget who I am. And then, of course, it's like, whoa, wacky, wacky Peter Parker moment. His his goofiness screwed up the spell and now the world's in danger. Yeah, Dr. Strange, Dr. Strange was such a dick, man. Now, I'll say it, is people want to rag on Tom Holland's portrayal of Spider-Man, but I'll be honest, this is a pretty accurate depiction of a kid with superpowers. Like, you know, this is a guy who, like, wants the best of both worlds, you know, and let's be honest, MCU Spider-Man hasn't gone through a lot of tragedy yet. Uncle Ben is dead. Maybe. I don't know. They refuse to mention Uncle Ben at all. And then... His mentor is dead, but that's about it. Like, besides that, nothing bad has really happened to him. Besides, like, his two times he, he's gone up against villains and got hit by that train. Oh, no, but he, uh, he got rejected from a school. Oh, yeah, he got, he got rejected, man. 
So he has to make sure everyone forgets. So obviously the spell gets screwed up and like Doctor Strange is like, I'm sorry, your life sucks. And Peter's like, yeah, and I can't go to college. And I like that moment where Doctor Strange just kicks him out for literally like he's like, are you seriously? Are you just here? Because you didn't get into college, and Peter's like, "Well, yeah, homie. Like, why do you think I'd hit you yeah, he's up?" Like, he's like, "Did you call them?" He's like, "No, nah, I didn't. I didn't call." He's like, "You didn't call the admissions office and try to talk to them about it?" He's I didn't know. Like, I didn't know you could do that, man. <laughs> I, I think every twenty year, I think every like eighteen to twenty three year old person watching that movie learned a lesson, which is if you get rejected by a college, call them and try to get reinstated. I guess I didn't do that until uh, last year, actually. Wow. When I, uh, I t- got rejected from UGA for like the third or fourth time, Aww, and it's... I was like, "This cannot be possible. My GPA is perfect," and I called them, and they were like. We can't do anything about that. <laughs> and, you're, and so you were watching that movie and you're like, me too. Relatable. Yeah. You're like, I'm like Spider-Man, except I, I got rejected by UGA. <laughs> Stu was like, I'm like Spider-Man, except I got rejected by UGA and I call women mommy on the internet. So true. <laughs> so true. Okay, but how about that first introduction, man? Spider-Man obviously goes to track down the MIT woman and lo and behold... Doc Ock himself appears on the bridge and literally he doesn't recognize Tom Holland as Peter. He's like, who are you? Like, what is this? Is this a joke? Is this punked? Where's Ashton? Like, that's the vibe that was going on. And luckily, you know, Peter defeats him. But then, man, and I'll I'll be honest, that was really cool when Peter took down Doc Ock with the um, Stark technology. But, ugh, that glimpse at Green Goblin, man. Just so tiny. And then Peter gets wimpsed away and Doctor Strange just explains what's going on. He's like, yeah, we opened the multiverse. The multiverse is real? What? Not pretending like we all knew the next Doctor Strange movie was titled The Multiverse of Madness. What? I like how he's like been through space and uh, fought Thanos and seen all this stuff and then he's just like, Whoa! There's How is this universes? possible? There's other universes? There's other universes? I'm not gonna act like I didn't fight a giant purple alien. Yes, there's other universes, Tom Holland. Get it together. And like I said, like the the posters made it seem like Doc Ock was gonna be the main bad guy yeah. kind of leading this team. Because he's usually, in the comics, he'll, he'll usually be the main de facto leader of the Sinister Six. Yeah. He was Spider-Man for a short period of time. He was. If you know anything about comics, in Spider-Man 700, uh, a dying Doc Ock stole Peter Parker's body, and Peter Parker died in Doc Ock's body as Doc Ock took over Spider-Man's body, and that's how he became the uh, superior Spider-Man. I'm reading it right now. Really? Oh my god, it's so good. It's kind of messed up at times, but... You know, whatever. Uh, anyway, segue. Oh my gosh, I gotta say, same, but yeah. But yeah. Talking about people who didn't. This person didn't deny they were in the movie, but he also like didn't confirm it. Was William Dafoe? Like people, I don't even know how people guessed who he was. Who else could it be? Well, I didn't know how people were gonna guess he was in this movie because I remember people were asking him towards uh before that first teaser trailer came out they're like yeah so we hear you're in the movie and will and the foe handled it perfectly he's like you know there's a time to talk about movies and that's when they come out so maybe when it comes closer we'll have some answers and then of course the first teaser comes out and it's like bro of course well you know it could have been dane dehan's uh 
No, we don't talk about him. Uh, we don't talk about Amazing Spider-Man Two AIDS Green Goblin. If they brought him, if they brought him back, that would have been. I don't know. I would have actually like lined up the firing squad for the marketing <laughs> team. Oh my god! Could you imagine if like Norman did get to see Harry again, but then it was Amazing Spider-Man Two Harry? So, I oh so my sad, gosh! Awful. I bet he would have punched that Harry in the face. He would have been like, "You are not my beautiful, controversial son, James Franco." <laughs> <laughs> no, but dude, Willem Dafoe, and like, don't get me wrong, he was like terrifying in the first Spider-Man movie, but in this one, he there is just, it. bro, he is on a whole nother level. It's almost like they looked at him and they were like. Okay, like, this is your movie. Like, you are the main bad guy. And not only that, he's, like, 60, and he did all his own stunts. And, like, he told them, he's like, I'll come back, but I have to do my own stunts. Like, this is acting. Like, this is being in the scene. You, like, you know, this is what it means to be an actor. Like, I have to do these scenes or it's not me. And I was like, I read that, and I was like, dude, what a goat of an actor. Mm -hmm. I'm really, it seems like they buffed all the, like, I was afraid they nerfed him, but, like, it just seems like they buffed him. Like, buffed all the villains. No, dude. I think, I I mean, Willem Dafoe, I mean, he stole the show. Like, literally, he he deserves an Oscar for his performance. I, I, I think that he does. They definitely, like, I felt like all the villains, minus Otto, were just, like, on a whole nother, a whole nother level from where they were in their previous movies. And it all, so this is another thing, is it... It maybe shows how young Peter is, but also just, like, how pure-hearted Spider-Man is as a character, is he doesn't want... He doesn't want the villains to die. Like, as soon as he realizes that they're gonna go back to their universes and die, like, he wants to, like, cure them. Also, that scene of all the villains realizing they're all dead, and Jamie Foxx is like, nah, man, you should have seen how I was fighting Spider-Man, and then I was sucking in the electric energy and going into the... Oh, wait, no, I guess I'm dead, too. Like, I thought that was he just... Died? Because I've never seen it. I don't think... <sighs> We're not going to get it. Yeah. I haven't watched that movie in so long. I don't exactly remember what happens to him. But doesn't he, like, disintegrate, essentially? So, no one really knows if he's dead. And from what I can tell, Sony was trying to set up a sequel to Amazing Spider-Man 2, which was going to be, obviously, Amazing Spider-Man 3. And it was going to have Spider-Man... Don the Black Symbiote, fight the Sinister Six, and Elektra was going to be in that movie. So I don't think he was fully dead. But a great example is Lizard wasn't dead the last time we saw him, which Jack wouldn't know anything about because he didn't watch Amazing Spider-Man 2. But there's a post-credit scene where the Lizard is basically begging some guy in a fedora not to go after Peter. Because that's Peter's real enemy, is the fedora man. Perry the platypus. I have no idea. I don't know. I'm not going to... Look, I'm not... Too open-ended. Ooh, that could have been cool, but I don't think so. Um, I'll say it, you know, and, I'll, and I'm going to be honest right now. We Everyone just has to, like, take off the nostalgic lens. The Amazing Spider-Man movies were not amazing, but Andrew Garfield was an amazing actor. The first... I'll say it. The first Amazing Spider-Man is a lot of fun, and I enjoy it. I don't love his costume, but I get it. It has a very, like, Ben Riley. If you don't know who Ben Riley is, he's Spider-Man's clone in the comic. It has a very Ben Riley feel. I understand the glasses. And let's be honest, Gwen was a better love interest to Peter than MJ ever was. She was actually useful. She was useful, and she, like, actually kind of loved Peter and didn't, like, keep breaking his heart. Every- oh, my God. Oh, my God. Spider-Man 3, when MJ, like doesn't accept Peter's proposal and then's like, well, I'm in love with someone else and it's just Harry again. Also, by the context 
of by the context of the spell, which was uh, like if you knew that Peter Parker was Spider Man, you were gonna pop into this world, even if you were dead. Does that mean that like Mary Jane and Gwen was in this universe? I believe it. So I think that they they asked at least Kristen Dunst to be in it. I don't know about I don't know about Emma Stone, mm-hmm. but I think that they were supposed to be in it. But I just I don't think that they really found a scene for them to be in it that makes sense. It just wouldn't fit for them. Yeah. I guess. I know, no and it just, it, it makes me so upset. Not because Kirsten Dunst, which I love you, Kirsten. Baby girl, you know you're my MJ. You know you know who you are. But, like, <clears throat> I'm going to get into why I wanted to see Gwen. But, obviously, Peter fights Doctor Strange. That whole scene is so cool, especially when Peter realizes that he can use, like, math to trap Doctor Strange in the mirror oh. dimension. I love seeing, like, the... the st- the spider sense um, that that's like from the the animated show. Yes, literally. When he was in the uh, when he was in astral form. Also, I, I I cannot get behind that they refuse to ever call it spider sense. It's just always going to be Peter known tingle. as the Peter Tingle. I bet in the college trilogy they'll bring it up. Yeah. They'll probably have him be like, oh, it's kind of like a tingle, kind of like a sense, a a spider sense, if you will. I thought they were going to have, uh, when he said, when I get the Peter Tingles, I thought Toby and Andrew were going to be like, the spider sense? Whoa, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. We'll discuss this. We're, we're 50 minutes into this podcast, spoiler alert now. So anyway, God, I have got to stop saying anyway. Anyways. Anyways. I, so, I thought it would have been a good opening. No, I thought it would have been a perfect timing to like finally stop calling it the Tingle. Peter wants to cure all these villains. He takes them back to Happy Hogan's apartment, which he's been staying in ever since his identity got leaked. And I love how, like, they're very smart about what to do about Sandman and the Lizard. Because these actors couldn't come back due to prior um, films. I don't know what the Sandman actor was doing. I know the Lizard actor was in the newest Kingsman. That's what he was doing while they were Wait. shooting. Yeah, he plays... Um, Wait, Thomas Hayden Church wasn't the... Sandman this time? No, so his so they they use their voices. They did the voice. They did voiceover, but it's completely CGI. Yeah, and the the, at the end when they cure him, which we'll get to, it's his like it's a scene from Spider Man Three. But it, but it's like done in reverse. So like it's so in the original scene in Spider Man Three, like the sand is melting away. Yeah. But they like just got rid of the CGI, so it's his hand just being perfect again. Oh, I also like no one really raised an eyebrow to like, oh, he can't turn back into normal Flint Marco. He just has to be sand. No, we're rolling with it. We're just happy to have him here, which I'll be at. I was. Yeah, dude. And I was like excited for Lizard. I remember when that first trailer came out, people were like, oh, dude, is that Venom? And I'll be honest. I was one of those people. (laughs) Look, I'll be honest. And I know Jack's going to be upset. I just thought it'd be too much to have Tom Hardy's Venom immediately in this movie. You know, I just, for the context of everything, especially because let's just get into the two big reveals, which are that Norman Osborn was the main bad guy of this movie and Dr. Octopus turned into a good guy. No, but how about that scene, man? Peter cures Doc Ock and he starts helping him, but then, like, Peter's spider sense is just going off and he's, like, trying to figure out... That scene was so cool. Because at first you're like, oh, it's because Jonah Jameson just showed up. Like, maybe that's why his, like, tingle's going off, but no, dude. Literally, and it's so slow, and I've read that it's so slow because that's, like, the goblin very eerily taking over Osborne. And then it gets revealed 
that like the goblins back in control and that's just when shit hits the fan in my book because he immediately gets the villains to turn and then it goes from like peter versus goblin to like like that random scene where the lizard just grabs him the lizard breaks out of the truck (laughs) and he just like i warned you peter and like throws him through a window as like the goblin starts using wwe moves I thought one of the best scenes out of that was uh, when Peter jumps on top of Green Goblin and starts full force punching him in the face, and Goblin starts laughing. Yeah, while, just... while Peter's on top of him punching him, and he do- he takes it like nothing. That oh, just shows like the Goblin is for real. I got like, like I had my own Spider Sense moment. I got goosebumps in that scene. Like yeah. I remember sitting next to Stu in the theater, and I was like, "Holy crap, man! Like what is this? Is crazy." And not only that, I mean, oh my gosh, I was so upset. Marissa Tomei has done, in my book, a pretty good job as Aunt May. Now, granted, people were pretty upset that she wasn't very true to the comic. But here's the thing. Marissa Tomei may not look old, but she's in her 60s. She is, like, that good age gap between what Peter and Aunt May usually are. Now, does she look as old as Sally Sally Field or, like, Rosemary from the original? No. But I think the context of her being like a 70s hippie works especially well in this movie. And then the goblin is about to like, I don't, I don't remember that. Oh, you know, I've seen the movie twice, but he has Peter kind of by the neck and Aunt May is able to stab goblin with the antidote, which doesn't work. And then like shit hits the fan. The goblin bomb goes off. The glider snips Aunt May from the side. Like... And Peter's just having this moment where he's like, you know, I think I did it wrong. I should have pushed the button. And Aunt May is like, no, like, this is what it means to be a hero. Like, and then, of course, she says it, which is, which, there there must must also, which, here's the thing. That's actually the official quote, like, from Amazing Fantasy 15, which is, with great power, there must also come great responsibility. Of course, in, like... Recent stuff, it's always been down to with great power must come great or there like must come great responsibility. But I know people in that theater. I heard that and I was like, man, what an emotional scene! It should have been Uncle Ben who told him that. Uh, here's my so here's my that? here's my context is there there is that Spider Man prequel show coming out on Disney Plus called Spider Man Freshman Year, and I bet. Uncle Ben is going to tell Aunt May in that show, like, with great power comes great responsibility. Well, I, I don't even know if they're really even going to do a Uncle Ben. You know, they they never, like you said earlier, they never address the fact that there even is one. So, yeah, so true. God. You know, there could, there could not be one. I don't and know. I think that, like, Tony Stark was that figure, that, that Uncle Ben figure, and then Aunt yeah. May, you know, it's just Aunt May. Look, I'm just saying... If I see Spider-Man freshman year and it's Aunt May, and if I see something stupid like Aunt Beth, I'm gonna, I'm gonna lose it. No, but uh, so Aunt May gives the famous Uncle Ben line, and then it's been revealed that she was actually impaled by the glider. And here's what I'll say, man: when it comes to death scenes, it hits so much harder when the eyes are open like her eyes being open and like peter having to like just realize that she's gone yeah oh my god emotionally and then happy happy comes in and that's also another great scene which is happy has also realized may's dead peter's about to be targeted he's trying to save him happy gets arrested 
and Peter just has to flee while his friends are like watching from their house, like realizing that poor Peter, like I mean, Zan's dead, Happy's arrested, his friends are don't know where he is, and he just he can't even mourn. He just has to fly away. Oh my gosh! Not only that, but he's like watching J. Jonah Jameson talk shit about him on this oh, giant that, TV. The the poster that came out, and that and then knowing that scene in the movie, it just hits harder. And I and I also want to touch on like going back to when he was fighting Green Goblin. He uses a move from the Spider-Man games where he like jumps up in the air and like does a backflip and shoots himself yeah, at the ground. That was sick. Fun fact is, I was a gymnast growing up, and I did work a birthday party once where I dressed up as Spider-Man, and they like the kids were just like do a backflip, and that's all I did for an hour. The parents gave me an extra fifty dollars. <laughs> so in a way, you know, I guess I also relate to Peter in the sense of yes, I can also do a backflip. I can do a backflip, and I, but I also poop my pants when I'm talking <laughs> with women. But guys, I lied. Green Goblin being the main bad guy wasn't the big reveal. Dr. Octopus turning into a good guy wasn't the big reveal. Because the big reveal was the two returning Spider-Man actors. Because that scene where Ned is like using Dr. Strange's ring to find Peter. And like lo and behold, Andrew Garfield walks in. Like, oh my god. So I'm sitting next to Stu in the theater. And like immediately I know that that's Andrew Garfield. It's the way he moves. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's so lanky, man. I love yeah. it. But not only that, but like, this is what I mean when I said, like, I wanted to see it in theaters on opening night, even though I couldn't immediately hear what he said. The clapping, the applause, the screaming, the fact that people stood up for Andrew. It was so amazing to watch. I loved it all. And Andrew was great. You know, I loved his brief interaction with Zendaya. I loved the bread scene. And then, way to get overshadowed because they tried to find Peter again. And lo and behold, here he comes, Toby effing Maguire. So good. And not only that, but the pointing scene when he, like, looks at Andrew and they do that side flip on the wall and shoot the webs. Oh, and they're like, like, that's not, uh, Peter. That's not, that's not your friend. And then they do the flips. I thought Toby's the one who gets the hit. Yeah, Toby just shows how he's like the matured, experienced, better Spider-Man. Dude, like, not only that, but like the chemistry between the three. Like, I really feel like they, because I feel like if they weren't in this movie, I feel like Peter just would have been dark the rest of the movie. Like, he would have been brooding. But they bring out like, kind of like that innocence in him again, because as soon as they find him, which that scene in which they find Peter is like emotionally wrecked because they're talking about like where could he be and obviously they talk about how um, Toby goes to the Chrysler building and Andrew goes to the Empire State and so they're able to track Peter down by where him and MJ were hanging out at the beginning of the movie. Also, real quick, I want to sidebar that I'm really glad that they gave Michelle Jones the last name Watson just like the fully flesh out this character i know someone in this room has their opinions about the mj version of you know mary jane but i can't stand her okay but here's okay you know what i can't stand i can't stand how fast they made this relationship bloom with no context with the fact that like peter was so into liz with little to no interest to Michelle in Homecoming. And then as soon as Far From Home comes out, he's like, oh, dude, I love MJ. Like, MJ is the one. There has never been another girl. Ever. Ever. Yeah, definitely. Liz was in, like, it made a small little cameo on a magazine 
Oh, I saw that. Like a kiosk or something. Yeah. Yeah, because they. I think it was supposed to hint at like they were asking her how yeah. she felt. Which, dude, I there has to be so many deleted scenes for this movie. Marvel, please, please give me an extended version. Come on, come on, just ten more minutes, please. I wonder how long an extended version would take. That Wait, it was like two and a half hours. Well, Tom Holland's brothers were supposed to make a cameo in it. Well, that's how... So at the beginning of the movie, you you see that Spider-Man can't really use his costume because someone threw green pe- like paint at it. And from what I can guess is he stops a team from robbing a bank or like robbing a stand and kind of like sets him go or something and someone like throws paint at him. And they just decided to cut that scene entirely. Yeah, it wasn't because like they, the whole world's against him because they think he killed Mysterio. Yeah. Yeah. Also, and I know someone in this room will go unnamed. You know, he's not a big fan of MJ Watson, but you can't tell me like the chemistry between them was, you know, and I, and I know, I know far from home was shoddy, but like that scene of like her, like just trying to like peter out and make him feel better post Aunt May, like that was good. And then you get freaking Andrew Garfield, like, you know, asking toby like do you have someone like oh my gosh you know this is what happens when you jump around during podcasts so you get off topic but that that meeting of andrew toby and tom where they discuss like losing someone and they both yeah. talk about like previous deaths toby obviously talks about the man who killed uncle ben and andrew like talks about gwen and you can just tell for this peter parker that is like his that's his biggest failure and then he talks about like not pulling his punches anymore like, that for me, like, shows that Andrew's Peter has probably been on a more emotional journey than the other two at this point. He lost Uncle Ben and Gwen. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So and let's, and let, and let's be honest. Because I know, Jack, you've seen The Amazing Spider-Man, right? Yeah, I've seen the first one. Like, oh, my God. That scene of Peter's hands just in Uncle Ben's blood as he, like, tries to find someone to help him. Oh, my God. Ten times more in your face than uh, the original Uncle yeah. Ben death. Yeah. I just, I think, I truly think that this movie did a fantastic job redeeming Andrew Garfield's character because I don't care how many people claim that they've always liked Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man, that is Cap, and this movie is redeemed him. Yeah. Made, made his character good. His movie sucked ass, and this this movie redeemed his character. I th- I think his character was good but he was in shitty movies yeah i mean yeah yeah and here's the truth is it's literally like Raimi's spider also you gotta love how like uh toby is considered they call him Raimi's spider-man but like andrew's just amazing spider-man like not putting any respect (laughs) on the director which let's be honest mark webb like oh my gosh they definitely looked at that that guy and they're like okay he can direct the spider-man movies when it comes to Raimi, Raimi Spider-Man's has kind of unknown actors in their first like big superhero. This was one of the first big superhero movies of yes. all time. And they just had an amazing script because it was Sam Raimi. Like he knew the comics. I mean, he had this background with doing special effects with his movies like that were Evil Dead. But then you get to Andrew Garfield. This is a world that has already, you know, we're 10 years later superhero movies are huge now the avengers come out like you have to start making universes and everything has to be bigger and better so the storytelling has taken a like big step back in favor of just like trying to develop a world fast and quick so you have all these a plus actors you have uh andrew garfield and emma stone who are simply amazing but you have a shitty script 
so it doesn't help him out at all. So just like Jack said, this was a moment for Andrew Garfield to like shine. And let's be honest, in terms of Spider-Man, I feel like he stole the show by being like, he was quippy and he was funny. And that's who Spider-Man is, is he's just a goofball. Like when he comes face to face with Max and he's like, Max, buddy, like I miss you. And Electro just goes, man, you're not even the shit anymore. And he just goes, ugh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he... Uh, he's definitely more of the goofier. He's goofy, but he doesn't come off, like, annoying to me, at least, the way Tom Holland's does. You understand what I mean? Yeah, like, I know. I know what you mean. He'd say the quips, and I'll just be like, that's classic. Classic Spider-Man. I love it. But if, if Tom Holland tried to say it, I'd just be like, this is awful. Stop it. I don't want to hear it from you. Jack, do you have an opinion? I see you making faces over there. I mean, I'm... My favorite Spider-Man is Tom Holland Spider-Man. I think he's a solid mix of both. I yeah, think I Andrew, that. I think Andrew <laughs> Garfield is the better Spider-Man. Tobey Maguire is the better, better Peter Parker. Parker. I think Tom Holland's the best of both. And I, and I completely agree with that statement. But you're wrong. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Stu's looking at you like, what? Who is this man? I like Tom Holland Spider-Man. I just can't get him behind him as the best. <laughs> So back to Andrew and Toby, they're talking and I gotta like, I gotta say, I like how they decided that Michelle wasn't completely Mary Jane. Like, I like how they've kind of separated her enough to be her own individual person because it puts more depth into the fact that like Mary Jane Watson is so much different from Michelle Jones. And then you just have Gwen because there is a Gwen in Raimi's universe, but she is definitely not the same Gwen as Amazing Spider-Man. And the fact that, like, it shows by that line that, like, Andrew's uh, Peter hasn't really moved on, like, that shows the emotional damage he feels. Because he probably feels like if he gets another girlfriend, like, her life could be at stake one day. And, like, what does that mean? Because in Amazing Spider-Man 2, there was supposed to be Mary Jane, like, scenes. They just got cut. Because they were like, oh, we're... Shailene Woodley Yeah, she was supposed to be Mary Jane in that universe, but they cut them all. Which, to be fair, I'm glad they did, because I didn't want to, like, focus on another female when they were just going to kill Gwen at the end. Uh, spoilers, if you haven't seen a movie from 2014. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. Real nice. Oh, sorry, Jack. Not my Thanks fault that you never want to see this movie. But back to the chemistry, man, because the end of the movie hits... Uh, you get that fantastic scene of all this, like, Spider-Man talking about their past movies. Toby gets to make his, like, little back, like, reference yeah. to how he broke his back in the movie. But that's also, like, an even bigger reference to the fact that, like, they were thinking about recasting him with Jake Gyllenhaal because he broke his back on Seabiscuit. I remember that story. Yeah. yeah, have you never heard that? I didn't know that. Yeah, so when Spider-Man 2 was about to drop, guys, I know we're so off topic, but I swear to God, we're during Seabiscuit, which Spider-Man dropped in 2002, um, after that he filmed Seabiscuit, like he had to fall off the horse and he broke his back and Sony was kind of unsure about if he could come back. So they were kind of starting to look for replacements and like their top replacement was Jake Gyllenhaal, but Toby and especially Sam Raimi were like, no, like I don't want to replace the actor. Like I, I want Toby to be the Spider-Man and Toby was like, look, I want to come back. Like, I want to do Spider-Man. Like, I love this character. And he got to come back and he did a test. And they're like, all right, well, if you feel like you can shoot, like, we can do this. But we can't, you know, they can't waste any more time waiting. So he did that. And apparently he had, like, excruciating back pain during that movie, which he does great at hiding because I would have never guessed. Let's get to the big part of it. All three Spider-Man start to take on the villains. 
you get that amazing like scene where they have to come together and they realize they can't work as a team and Tom's like, Oh well, I don't wanna brag, but I'm an Avenger and the other two are like, What are the That's great Are you in a band? I thought that that was so Andrew. Also Andrew being Peter three and being like, Why am I Peter three? Well, did you hear him like he was picking uh, Tom was picking who was Peter one, two and three and like he picks Andrew and Andrew's mouth just moves and you like you literally see him go, Why am I Peter three? But it's actually a joke to the fact that like he finally got his Spider Man third movie. Yeah. <laughs> so they cure all the villains, it's all great. You get that classic Andrew f- talking to uh Electro moment where Electro's like, I just always thought you would be black <laughs> Which is a reference to Miles. I can't wait till they finally bring Miles Morales. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. I don't want to see Miles until after this next Spider-Man trilogy. Because I want an older Peter Parker. Because that's how it is in the comics. If they brought in a... If they brought in Miles Morales. I think that's just too early to tell. Because it's like... Because I remember Donald Glover was always the original choice. But he's a little older now. So Donald Glover wanted to play Peter Parker in the amazing Spider-Man. Like he was campaigning. But they're like... They wanted Andrew Garfield. Yeah. So in Spider-Man Homecoming, they let him play... His uncle. Yeah, they let him play Miles' uncle, who we all know is the Prowler. So... Yeah. I don't think he's the Prowler in... That would be sick if he was the Prowler. I think he'll come back. Like, and because what's so great is, like, when we first met him, he was just a petty thug, right? Yeah. But now we have the snap. There's five years that you can't account for, and you don't know what characters have been doing for five years. True. So we don't know where the Prowler has been. So, I mean, I could see the Prowler coming and being, like, one of the main villains for the next movies. That would be sick. I mean, I I, I love Donald Glover and mm-hmm. his, like, just him. Um, I think he's able to play multiple kinds of roles. And I've never seen him in a villain role, so that would be cool. Yeah. I know they were looking at him... Very briefly, people were apparently considering him to take over Chadwick Boseman as the Black Panther... Which, I, you know what, and this is controversial, this is controversial, I could have, that's probably one of the only few actors I would have been okay with if they replaced him. Just for the fact that he came on and he worked on the Black Panther movie with Chadwick and all of them, and like helped add, like punch up the script, and he's that kind of actor, but I'm okay with the fact that they decided to retire the character for the sake of Chadwick. Do they ever like give an explanation of why he's not going to appear anymore? Stuff? No, they'll probably explain it in the next one. They're good, you know. They're good with that stuff when it comes to these characters not returning. It they'll usually have like little bits and glimpses of whatnot. Yeah. But enough about the amazing actor, rest in peace, Chadwick Boseman, because we have to get into literally the final portion of this movie, which is Green Goblin shows back up and like all shit hits the fan. Not to mention. Let's talk about it. Green Goblin shows up. Doctor Strange has escaped the Mirrorverse. He's about to push the button. Goblin puts a bomb in it. It blows, like, the skyscraper, or not skyscraper, Statue of Liberty, like, all the beams are falling. And then, MJ starts the fall. And uh, Peter goes after her, but gets snipped by the Goblin. And in a moment of just pure, finally, like, Oh my god, like everything I've ever wanted. Andrew Garfield saves MJ. And like talk about an actor cuz that like the face, like the facial expressions, like finally get the like I'm sorry. Perfect scene. Like finally gives resolve to his character, I think. Yeah. Where he finally gets to save his uh, a girl. Yeah. A girl. Yeah, I think whatever. and you know like if they don't ever bring him back, like I feel like they gave him clarity in that scene that he can kind of like finally 
redeem himself yeah. for letting Gwen die. But then, oh my god, like Tom Holland just starts beating the shit out of Goblin and like he's ready to kill. And luckily Toby like stops him. But then Toby gets stabbed by the Goblin, which I'm up I don't know. I'm really upset that we didn't get like a good interaction between Toby in um William William Defoe. Yeah, that is that is my one gripe with this movie is the fact that there was no interaction between the two because mm-hmm. we got one with Doc Ock and him, you know, trying to do better. Like that was awesome. But the fact that there was no Willem Dafoe, Toby Maguire interaction was just criminal. I know. And uh, you wanna know what? I bet it got cut. Like I I bet they Maybe. cut I bet they cut so many scenes. Like I could see I can honestly see a scene of, like, Tobey Maguire laying down as he faces Norman, as Norman, like, kind of, like, is cured and, like, he finally gets to kind of, you know, give resolve to that character who was, like, this tragic guy who just had a mental disorder. Yeah, I love how, like, that's literally just thing where, like, when he's no longer Green Goblin, he actually is, like, so upset over what he did. Mm -hmm. He has so much regret. Was it, like, when he comes to, uh... Like, like, at the beginning of the film, when it shows him and he's in the universe, he literally is, like, horrified of what yeah. he's done and he, how much he hates the goblin. I love, I love the costume for the goblin in this, in this oh, movie. So it was so good. The, I thought it was good, too. I wish I would have gotten to see the mask just a little bit yeah. more, just because that mask is so iconic. Mm-hmm. But I love how they finally, like, they, they incorporated the purple and they incorporated the hood. And I, you know what? I can. You can only ever ask for so much, and that thing, was awesome. The only thing I wish that they would have done is given the goblin wigs. Wings. 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 Oh yeah, <laughs> a more dude. Yeah, I read the comic. Harry and Norman's hair in the comics make no sense whatsoever. It's supposed to be like curly hair, which cracks me up. Uh, I mean, Green Goblin always wears a do rag, man. So he's I think not it'd wrong. Be hard if he wore them. I'm kind of glad they broke the mask at the beginning because it was a. Uh, it's hard. I mean, don't get me wrong. Because in the first Spider-Man movie, I feel like Willem Dafoe is one of the only people who could pull off wearing a mask, but you could still see his facial like, yeah. expressions through the lenses and through his mouthpiece. Mm-hmm. Like he literally had to act with his eyes. Whenever I watch Spider-Man, I try not to look at the mesh where his mouth is, you just because like, like I, I hate it. I hate looking at his mouth moving that stuff. But he's got to do it to get that like gobbly voice. You know what I mean, dude? The fact Stephen, like you know, Doctor Strange was still gonna push the button though after like seeing him cure everything, but then it like comes to bite him because like Green Goblin shows up with the bomb. So the multiverse starts to break, and we get kind of we get glimpses at like a couple different characters. Like the character I got the biggest glimpse at is like I saw a rhino like variant popping out of the sky. Rhino, I did yeah, I saw that one. And Doctor Strange is like. There's no way to put him back. Like, we can't do the spell. And Peter, you know, comes up with the smart idea. Like, make the world forget about me. Like, make them forget who Peter Parker is. And, you know, you get the emotional, like, goodbye between the three Spider-Man with that great hug. And then, and I know there's someone in this room who has a very controversial opinion about MJ Watson. Okay. That, the scene at the end where he's saying goodbye, I... That was nice. That was fine. Mm-hmm. I just do not like Zendaya. Okay. I'm sorry. You might be the only male on earth who's ever uttered that statement. No, but I'm just not a fan of her. 
Do you know? Are you not a fan of her? Or are you not a fair a fan of how quickly they like raced up her character in the MCU? I'll say this: I think she is overrated <gasps> in, in, a, in, a, in a many aspects. Zendaya, so I can kind of Zendaya, baby. I don't feel the same way as these two. I, I can understand his sentiment. So, so I okay. I, I will say I don't like Zendaya as Michelle Jones. Okay, I've seen other things with her. Like I watched Euphoria, loved her in Euphoria. I thought she was great. But I don't like her character in this. Okay, and that you know what that's fair because once again, it's a very rushed character. Yes. Also, supposedly, at least according to the graphic novel of Spider-Man: Homecoming, she was actually she was apparently supposed to be the daughter of the Vulture in that one. She was supposed oh. to be Michelle Tombstone or whatever his na- last name is. Right. I don't know. But then they changed it to Liz, I guess, when it came out to the movie. I don't know if that's all true or whatnot. Okay, but how about, like, the Ned goodbye? The Ned goodbye was good. Not only that, but the Ned looking at Peter and saying, like, hey, like, I promise not to become evil, like, and be your best friend. Which is, and especially with the fact that, one, in the comics, he is the Hobgoblin. Two, that varsity letter coat was orangish yellow and blue. Those are Hobgoblin colors. And then, like, he floats with his cloak. To, uh, I, I think that if we if the MCU is going to do a goblin, they need to do the hobgoblin because the hobgoblin, in all in all honesty, like with the animated shows and stuff, he's the most recognizable. I think I mean obviously Green Goblin in the comics, Green Goblin's like you know different thing, but like Hobgoblin is such a dope character that they should make the goblin in the MCU hobgoblin. Yeah, I could and I could totally get behind that. I don't know if I would want it to be Ned though, because I'm still no. now. Look at, look at him. Now we had that scene. Now look, we had that scene where Norman admits that Oscorp isn't around. Like he's like, I tried. Like Oscorp doesn't exist, and someone's living in my house, which makes me believe that the Norman Osborn and Harry in this universe, like he's like a Steve Jobs. Like I bet he's building Oscorp in his garage. So mm. I actually saw a really interesting theory, and you know. Feel free to, to think this is stupid or not. But I saw a theory that it's not going to be Harry that's going to be like that that Peter meets. But it's going to be a young Norman in college. And that's what Timothy, uh, Timothy Chalamet to be in. That, oh, Timothy Chalamet? Well, well that's, that's, who they, that's, that's who they, they want. want. That's, who like everyone, Harry, that's so. who everyone wants to is play. Is that fan casting? Yeah. yeah. It's, oh, super, okay. it's, super, uh, yeah. it's super fan casting because he's mm-hmm. already, because Timothy Chalamet has already been in a movie with Zendaya because it was Dune. And yeah. people are just looking. I just watched that the other So I, I could, I think that would be pretty cool because then Peter knows that he's supposed to become evil and is trying to put him on a different path and then he ends up I just you know I feel and so here's so here's the thing I guess with the emotional baggage of like Harry I would like for more to be I would love for it more to be um Harry more than or uh, like you know Norman and but I guess we'll just have to see because I guess we'll have to see what they do with Ned and MJ because the world forgets Peter is Spider-Man or no the world forgets that Spider-Man is Peter Peter Parker no longer exists you get that beautiful scene of him talking to Happy Hogan, which kind of gives him, like, the inspiration to keep being Spider-Man. Because things are bleak, like, and MJ tells him to come find him. And as he goes to see MJ, he sees MJ and Ned in the coffee shop. He's trying to, like, find a good way to tell MJ he's Spider-Man. And it kind of clicks, like, you know, if I let them back in, their lives are just going to keep being in danger. So he chooses to, like, sacrifice his happiness to keep them safe. 
and oh my god like the shitty apartment like the homemade suit Oh, oh my god this we are fu- sick. we are finally on the same track the fact that like in the post like the the end credit scenes you see like the end credit scenes are supposed to be a notebook and peter has like sketched both andrew and toby's um symbol meaning that his new symbol is supposed to be like technically a combination of the two mm-hmm. i still can't get o- i've seen the movie twice i can't get over the fact that like toby and andrew were actually in this movie mm-hmm. it still feels like unreal i feel like i took a dream Andrew, I always could see a grin to come back because I know he really enjoyed the role. I know there's a story out there of uh, when apparently he put on the suit for the first time, he started crying because he was so like happy about it. And uh, But I thought Toby would be the harder one to convince because I'm sure he is so sick of everybody talking about Spire. He just seems like kind of like a bitter person sometimes. I think he just kind of wants to... I don't I don't think he's bitter. I think he just wants... I mean, his last, act, last acting role was in 2017 with The Boss Baby. I think he's just kind of done at this point. Yeah. And it's like you're you're going to convince him to take on a role that was like, you know, 20 years prior mm-hmm. that I'm sure he, you know, you know, he's already seen those like Spider-Man memes. He's probably seen Bully Maguire memes that will last <laughs> him a lifetime. You want forgiveness? Get religion. He's probably sick of it, dude. So I'm sure I was like, oh, I don't know if I can be able to get him, but they got him. And I'm really happy. Well, you know what? And I'm going to say it. Oh my gosh, the costume. Finally. This is the costume I've been waiting for. I didn't love the Stark suit. I loved how it had the original pattern, the blue. I didn't like the upgraded suit that much, even though they were trying to pay homage to the original black, amazing Fantasy 15. But you know what? Like, I'll say it. Like, I have not... I wasn't a super big fan of the newest suit that was in the movie, like the integrated suit, like the gold on front. I just don't know how to feel about that one. Oh, I didn't mind it. Um, I thought it was pretty cool. I like the iron, like the iron spider suit I thought was really cool. And then the marketing for these suits, especially with the toy designs were so weird because Spider-Man's gold and black suit was advertised way differently than how it looked in the movie. And then I remember looking at the first glimpse of what the new suit was going to be. And he has like the iron spider, like gold gauntlets on his hand those weren't on his suit in the movie that was very flashy well people thought according to at least the toy designs that like spider-man was gonna use like this was gonna be a magic infused suit but then it turns out he doesn't get this suit from dr strange he gets it from doc ock yeah i don't know i'm just i'm very happy for the suit to kind of go back to its origins not having the no weird snippets of black anywhere it's just the classic blue and red well so there's like a theory going around the saying like the reason why he can't wear the stark suits anymore why he made a new suit is because the suits don't recognize him and those so they won't do that so that would be that makes so much more sense yeah okay and i i'm down for that theory too so i've been i've been reading the superior spider-man comics um and spoiler for that but that was like years ago when that came out when peter finally took his body back and because Otto octavius was wearing a black spider-man suit he went back to his original like blue and red suit the iconic suit so i thought that was kind of reminiscent of that of that in this Yeah, I think it, like, but it's also, I feel like it's also supposed to start anew. Like, you have this fresh grip, new take on Spider-Man that's about to be fleshed out. My only hope in life is, like, they don't change the suit too soon because Marvel has, and I get it, you gotta sell toys. You gotta have a different variant of this suit. 
every movie to like sell that's why like there's a different mark like that's why there's a different armor for iron man every movie and like captain america's costume change it's about toy sales baby that's why sony and marvel were disputing so much about spider-man and how spider-man almost didn't stay in the mcu is because of their original deal but that's that's a talk for another episode i want to get into what do you think the next big step for mcu spider-man like where obviously he's going to college that's where it seems who would you want for the next villain to be oh i was okay i wasn't ready for that kind of question i don't because who who's left i know there's a lot left but i'm just saying like in realistic terms who could they introduce that yes. would be next? so i can i can see them a, a, a big foil for spider-man more so a daredevil villain now but kingpin would be really cool i think kingpin would be great um i think i could see kingpin kind of being the next big bad for spider-man just because you know he spider-man's grew in all of his all of his business and stuff and then he i could see him hiring craven the hunter which i know is going to be coming craven yeah. the hunter is 100 percent going to be the next one um you know we can see venom because of the end of the movie we get a venom symbiote I would be down for Punisher coming after Spider-Man. Punisher would be sick. People forget that Punisher's first appearance was in a Spider-Man comic. Like, he was hunting down Spider-Man. That was so long ago, though. I don't think Punisher would have any reason to go after Spider-Man. No, not really. Not unless he thinks Spider-Man murdered someone. Unless it'd be... uh, Unless it... Yeah, no, unless it'd be like something like that. I remember there was a... uh, comic not too long ago where it's kind of like punisher versus the avengers mm-hmm. and uh i remember reading through it and it was like uh spider-man one day he just gets fed up because like uh punisher you know he's, he's like punishers kill too many people we need to do that and then at some point i can't remember how he did it punisher got a hold of uh web shooters <laughs> and he used that to break into somewhere and kill a bunch of people so spider-man had like this vendetta out against him and he recruited like the help of the avengers that's the only reason i could see him ever going after punisher yeah i, I guess you're right all i all i hope is that they bring punisher to the mcu it's it's john bernthal because he's such a good <clears> guy that's what i'm saying is like i want all the netflix actors back man yeah. like they have done such a good job with the characters Speaking of, like, characters I want to see again, and especially after, like, not being in this movie too much, Tom Hardy. Like, what's... Yeah. Tom Hardy, obviously, if you saw Venom, Let There Be Carnage, and if you did see Venom, Let me let There Be Carnage, I'm sorry. Like, I also had to watch that movie. You knew that Venom had crossed over into the MCU universe, and he even was like, ah, that guy, and, like, licks the screen. But, the like, his whole cameo is just him in a Mexico-like bar, finding out about the Avengers, and then he just gets transported back to his universe. I literally saw an Instagram post when I woke up this morning that the reason why Venom knew who this guy was is because of the hive mind. Yeah, I was going to get into that. So in Venom, Let There Be Carnage, they explain that basically all the symbiotes are connected by a hive mind across multiverses, which means that that Tom Hardy's Venom is somehow connected to Topher Grace's Venom. Mm -hmm. Now, that was another thing is... Basically, by the knowledge of everything we know, Topher Grace's Venom probably was still it. Topher Grace's Venom, I assume, came over to the universe and then left, too. We just probably didn't see him. Also, speaking of which, I just, you know, I think everything would have been great if Andrew got to see Gwen one more time. That's all I'm going to say. Like, give me that scene. I know it's impossible. I know it would have been completely irresponsible for them to just give me that closure. But... <sighs> Nonetheless, I it's 
I 100% feel as though that's not the last time we're going to see at least Andrew Garfield Spider-Man. You know, I hope so at this point. With that being said, this was Spider-Man No Way Home, a movie that was truly a love letter to the character. It was a love letter to his history in film. It was a love letter to its fans. It gave us moments that I never thought we would see in a Spider-Man movie, and it truly left me with the best feeling for Tom Holland as Spider-Man. With that being said, let's go to closing statements. I'm going to throw it over to Stu. Stu, any last remarks for the day? I will say that uh, after Endgame, I haven't really paid much attention to the MCU at all, but this was a great movie to welcome me back into paying attention to what things were doing. Uh, I'll be signing off pee-pee-poo-poo. Hey, you should really go watch The Eternals after this. I heard... I don't want to watch The Eternals. <laughs> I don't think that'd be a good I, movie. I was like, I was really hoping you would say really, and I'd say no. Absolutely. I, I remember hearing my friends watch it, and I was like, oh my god. I, I'm not gonna watch that at all. Shang-Chi. You need to see Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi. That one I will, one I will watch. Yes. Alright. Jack, any last remarks? Um... Yeah, like I said at the beginning, this is my favorite MCU movie. Um, I think Andrew Garfield is going to be in Secret Wars whenever they decide to do that. I don't know about Tobey Maguire's, but uh, yeah, definitely, definitely was a fan of this movie. With that being said, I'm Jacob Daniel. I'm Jack Halls. I'm Stuart. And remember, Spider-Man, Spider-Man does whatever a spider can. Kill a knight at the scene of a crime Like a streak of light He arrives just in time Spider-Man, Spider-Man Friendly neighborhood Spider-Man Wealth and fame, he's ignored Action is his reward to him Life is a great big bang Wherever there's a hang You'll find a Spider-Man